Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. The book of Daniel is an amazing piece of prophetic literature. It stands out in God's Word as being extremely accurate, and because of this accuracy, the authenticity of the actual prophet Daniel as a human author often comes under complete denial by so-called higher critics. They argue that it's too accurate, especially chapter 11. And because of that, it had to have been written by someone after the majority of those events occurred throughout the book, especially in chapter 11. In that case, they then pseudo-Daniel, that author, simply looked back at what had occurred and wrote essentially what turns out to be an embellished history book. Well, Orthodox Jews and authentic Christians know better. The book of Daniel is a future roadmap that God has graciously provided to humanity that shows what God said would occur before it ever happens. Now, of course, those who denigrate God and the supernatural itself must come up with an alternative explanation, so hence the pseudo-Daniel author, supposedly who lived in Alexandria. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the actual Daniel existed, He lived during the time of Israel's captivity in Babylon, and during that time, both he and King Nebuchadnezzar received dreams and visions that were explained by Daniel prior to their happening. In fact, numerous chapters in Daniel have yet to be fulfilled. They remain in front of us. I'd like to focus on one particular part of uh, a chapter in Daniel, which happens to be the final chapter, Daniel 12. It's in this chapter that God wraps things up for the prophet Daniel. As we will see, it leaves Daniel a bit perplexed and even overwhelmed. The previous chapter, Daniel 11, highlights numerous things, including the fact that uh, things will come to a head between God and his servants and Satan and his. So Daniel 12 begins with the archangel Michael standing up. Let me read that first three verses. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. I'm going to interject here. Your people refers to the Israelites because he's speaking to Daniel. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people, again, Daniel's people, the Israelites, shall be delivered. Everyone who was found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever." So this, folks, is essentially the beginning of the very end of God's judgment that began with the start of the 70th week of Daniel 9, otherwise known as the Tribulation slash Great Tribulation. Then Daniel is given a command about the scroll, which is the book of Daniel. Verse 4, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Well, the essential part of the book of Daniel has not yet been fulfilled, and it is for the time of the end. It is the belief of many, myself included, that specific, the specific time of the end is upon us, 
now and is starting to come to pass. In the next few verses, someone asks, how long before the fulfillment of the wonders noted in the book will be? The answer given is, quote, that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all of these things shall be finished. That's Daniel 12, verse 7, part B. Now, this means that the length of time from its start to finish is, quote, a time, times, and half a time, which is generally accepted to mean three and a half years or the last portion of the coming seven-year tribulation, which our Lord refers to as great tribulation in Matthew 24. Obviously, things will come to a severe head and climax when the holy people, this again is referring to Israel, not the church, because this was written to Daniel about him and his people. So the holy people will be shattered. This means that their penchant for relying on themselves instead of submitting to God at every turn will finally be eradicated. It will happen just prior to the physical return of our Lord to this earth. And Daniel 12, verse 8 shows the perplexity of Daniel. Quote, Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Well, Daniel's confused, as any of us would be in his positions thousands of years before these things come to pass. He's trying to understand things from his perspective that are going to occur a few thousand years into the future. He has little way to understand them even after explanations are given. Ultimately, Daniel is told essentially not to worry about it because it's really not for his day then. Verse 9 says, And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So here Daniel is told that the words of the scroll are to be closed up and sealed until the time of the end. It would be at that point that a number of things will happen. Many will be purified, made white and refined. The wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand. The wise shall understand. Well, Look, folks, if we consider what is happening in our world today, it certainly seems as though things are going fully crazy. We have people who believe that gender is fluid, that a person who is male today can be a female tomorrow. People believe that little children should be encouraged to explore their sexuality and gender and decide if, well, the way they were born is the way they should remain. This is lunacy. And the fact that people actually see the lunacy and have to put up with it is maddening. Those who advocate gender fluidity do so without seemingly caring about the fact that it's likely mental illness. They don't care, though, because at all costs, the chains of God's inherent moral code must be thrown off society. Psalm 2. We also have a world that is succumbing to the treasonous effects of illegal immigration, the increase of warmongering, and inflation. And on top of that, this insane desire to destroy farming throughout the world, to navigate everything down to net zero, ostensibly so that life on earth can survive? They keep barreling ahead with their ludicrous plan in spite of the fact they seem to have no real clue as to what they are unleashing and creating. 
Recently, Tucker Carlson sat down with an atheist, Brett Weinstein, who essentially stated that the people we are dealing with are not evil, brilliant minds. They are ego-driven, evil maniacs, drunk with power, fully believing that what they are pushing for will turn out well. Weinstein states they have no real clue as to what they are going to bring about. They have no real wisdom leading to actual cognitive understanding. They just play God and they do it poorly, my words. Now, if we judge what's happening through the lens of scripture, it becomes exceedingly clear that this push by controllists will result in horrifying effects throughout this world. But they don't seem to care because they have everything they believe they'll need. And this all ties into Daniel 12, 9. The wicked will not understand. They have no capacity to understand. They are blind to the reality of truth and true understanding. No matter how society refuses to go along with them and pushes back, they will recklessly push on, causing themselves and others to reap the whirlwind of the real destruction they are actually creating. Now, I'm becoming more and more convinced, though I will readily admit I could be wrong, that many of the 21 judgments we read about throughout the book of Revelation will result in what humanity is doing to the earth right now. We are causing our own future problems that God will simply use as methods of our own judgment. There is no evidence of climate change None. There is no evidence that farming or cow flatulence is destroying the world's ozone or any layer. It is a total hoax scam by those in power to continue push for greater control over global society because they have the power to do so. They can dutifully ignore any and all rational questions and comments that tend to weaken and destroy their narrative because they have bought and paid for so many to work with them. Money can buy a lot, and it can buy people's loyalty. But let's look at this rationally as well. God is for us, his children. Therefore, who can truly be against us? His purposes will prevail. God has told us ahead of time that the wise will understand. What will we understand? We will understand what is happening and because of that, we will push ourselves increasingly onto the Lord for his care and guidance and provision. I do not believe we can overwhelm the system and somehow take it back. I know some folks do, but I'm not convinced of that. During the days when Israel had such corrupt leaders who even brought prophets of Baal into the palace and were also made welcome into the temple of God, average Israelites who were not corrupt were fearful. Most true prophets ran to hide from kings who could kill them. The remnant within Israel who trusted the Lord were generally kept safe with their needs met. Now, I believe the same thing applies to Christ's bride now until he removes us from this world. In the midst of danger, God protects his own who strive to trust him. Consider the reality of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 19. Those cities were terribly evil, and it was not just about homosexuality either. It had to do with people's attitudes toward others and toward outside, people outside Sodom and Gomorrah. It was truly live as thou wilt. 
It ultimately got to the point where all manner of sexual deviations became the norm. Hatred became the norm. Violence became the norm. But through it all, the people of those areas were so violent, either in actions toward others directly or in the way they deliberately avoided helping other people, that the cries and blood of the victims reached God's ears and he could not ignore it anymore. And by the way, I am not saying that we need to have open borders to prove somehow our concern for foreigners. This is an artificial construct designed specifically by globalists to overthrow the rule of law in America. God sent his angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but they had to ensure that Lot and his family got away safely first. This is an example of the rapture. Lot and his family were literally moving out of the way before God's judgment could actually start to fall on Sodom and Gomorrah. But just how bad did things get before God sent his judgment that wiped out those twin cities? Oh, it was pretty bad. Yet for the most part, Lot and his family were kept safe and they were sadly not even fully committed to following the Lord. Oh yes, Peter calls Lot righteous in 2 Peter 2, 7-8. But Lot was seriously compromised, having embraced many of the values of Sodom. Yet because there was some measure of actual faith exercised by Lot toward God previously, his faith was counted as righteousness and Lot became God's. Know this though, if you choose as a Christian to live like Lot, compromising your testimony by embracing the world, you will not have as much understanding and discernment as you should have during these days. The world is coming to a point, very quickly it seems, where it is growing very discontent with and even antagonistic toward authentic Christians. The world's patience toward Christians is growing thin, and that will likely become more prominent during 2024 and following. They want us out of the way. Their hatred toward authentic Christianity is growing. They act like unreasoning animals, like bulls who are triggered because they see red. The more Christians try to compromise with this world, the further those particular Christians will sink into the world's abyss. The dividing line is now. We must emotionally separate ourselves from the things and people who hate God. We should be a witness to them, not be concerned about whether or not they like us and want to go along with us. You want proof? Compare two people in the Old Testament, Samson, Judges 13 through 16, and the prophet Daniel. Certainly God used Samson for his purposes, but consider how short Samson fell. Too often, seemed like it was almost a game to him. Even ending his life in total blindness as a slave because he treated God's word so callously. Daniel was the exact opposite. His approach was complete humility, and from it he gained a deep sense of God's presence and direction. Who had more wisdom and discernment, Samson or Daniel? The more we become aware of what is happening in this world, and the more we become aware of what God is going to do, the more we should turn to him in humility and surrender. The result is the greater our wisdom, discernment, understanding, and commitment our will will become. Our daily goal is to separate from this world's attitude, lifestyle, and demeanor. 
Reject it. It is imperative that Christians understand our purpose here, and it is not necessarily for our own enjoyment, but there are still many things that God graciously gives us to enjoy. Ultimately, we are here for His glory. Whom do you serve? Thank you so much for joining me today, and I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 